Welcome to season two of the One and Done podcast, where we are dedicated to making young people successful in business early in life. We're recording today from the Rollo Insurance Studio in College Station, Texas. Let's get it started. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the One and Done podcast. We're very excited to actually be in studio today in College Station, Texas, Rollo Insurance Studio. Uh, and to have our, our a very special guest, Clint Craycraft, who's the owner of the Rattlesnake Ranch Pecans. Clint, welcome to the show. Thanks for having, having me. Absolutely, man. We're we're looking forward to this episode. Someone from an industry that that really haven't had before. No one, no one who's owned any type of uh, pecan business. That's for really? sure. Really? Yeah, yeah. There's not not many of us out there. So I'm I'm glad to be here, though. Absolutely. But you know, we want to talk today because your background being in. Um, the e-commerce, corporate gifting space, retail side, obviously with y'all's retail shop there. Talk to me a little bit. Give everyone a background on who you are kind of from from high school up until now. Okay. So I grew up in Crockett, uh, Texas. We uh, I went to school at A&M. I majored in ag economics. Basically, when I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I got out of uh, college. My dad was a business owner. My grandpa was a business owner. So kind of wanted to, I knew I wanted to be uh, have my own business at some point. So when I graduated, I, I just kind of fell into the oil and gas business, did that for five or six years. And then I, I got my MBA. Uh, I got into banking. I met a guy in, in Tyler that he was like 35 and he owned five or six banks. And that was one of his many businesses. So I just kind of wanted to learn kind of as much as I could under him. So I did that. And then um, I met my wife, Hannah, in 2016. I guess when we were engaged, we kind of decided we wanted to start our own business um, when we got married. That's when uh, we started looking real heavily at different businesses for sale. Um, and we were willing to get into anything, just as whatever we thought we could be like most su- successful at. And uh, so we looked at like uh, convenience stores, different franchises. We looked at Bahama Bucks. <laughs> it, but uh, somebody told me about they brought up Rattlesnake Ranch Pecan Company, and uh, I, I knew about the business because it's located in Crockett. They told me that the uh, I wasn't, well, first I wasn't too interested because it seemed like it was just a little retail store yep. on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and I never saw t- too many cars out in front of it, so I wasn't real interested, but, but my friend told me that they ship pecans like all over the United States. So that's when I became a little bit interested, and... Uh, at the time, it had an absentee owner. I thought because of that, maybe I had a chance of buying it. So I, I, I kind of cold called the owner, and he he shot me down. Uh, he wasn't interested. So so Hannah and I kept searching for, for businesses to buy. I guess about three or four months later, he called me, and he said he, he and his wife were going through a divorce, so they wanted to get rid of They're kind of liquidating, and that's when Hannah and I, were, we bought it, and we've been running it for about, I guess about five years now, absolutely, and uh, been able to grow it about about three hundred percent from when we first bought it. Wow. So it's it's grown and it's um, it's it's been great. Yeah, you know, we just had a uh, the screen skins on from the e commerce. I know you said you were listening to that episode, um, so I want to talk more about e commerce because I think it's a, a very unique industry and one that probably a lot of students are looking to get in obviously with the in the introduction of just everything tech right, right. Um, but I want to talk just for a minute tell me a little bit about your oil and your banking background what in those two industries did you learn and what characteristics did you take that you brought into the retail e-commerce space uh, so 
oil and gas, um, I started out leasing land and negotiating contracts. And that helped me, it, it got me out of my comfort zone because I would uh, just randomly call people and talk to them and try to um, lease their land from them. And you're kind of a salesperson doing that, which I, I never considered myself a salesperson, but uh, it, it taught me how to negotiate and just talk to people. And then banking, I was more studying commercial. I was helping with the commercial loans. So I, I got to study like what other businesses were doing, how they were getting financing. And uh, it just helped me learn like how the real world works. Absolutely. So when we say e-commerce and when we say, you know, retail, can you explain to the listener kind of what you're, what we're meaning by that? What does that look like on a day-to-day basis? Kind of where, where's the revenue come in and what is, what does it look like from a business owner standpoint in both of those business each and every day? Uh, yeah. So e-commerce, we sell, I mean, we, we ship pecans every day. Uh, we, we do a lot of marketing on Facebook. We market all kinds of ways, Google ads, radio ads, but our, our main business that we're into is the uh, corporate gifting. And it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a, a niche business. You can get one corporate customer and they might order five, 600 gifts from you. And uh, you don't have to spend a lot of money to get that customer. But as far as like going out and trying to pay for Google ads to get individual customers, that, that tends to cost a little bit more. So we over time, we've learned like we, we can spend a little bit of money and get these big corporate clients rather than spend a little money and get just a few individual orders. Our website's on Shopify. Not sure if you've heard of that, but it's a, we created our own website, um, which the previous owner didn't do. And we, we kind of started using Facebook a lot more, which the, the previous owner didn't use Facebook at, at all, really. And that's helped us quite a bit. So when, so when we talk about, you know, I, I love that concept of you can go after the one customer, get a lot of business, or you can go after a lot of customers, get a little bit of business, kind of which ones, uh, I know in the e-commerce space, y'all say, you know, was it the, uh, the cost of acquiring a customer? Yeah. Um, very interesting. Cause in our industry, we don't really, we have that same cost to just, is, is not really thought of in that way to us. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're looking at something like that, when you're looking at trying to go after those, those corporate customers, obviously it's harder to obtain them because there's fewer of them. So yeah. what, what do you guys do? How do y'all tailor your market towards them? What do you do to go out and really appeal to the people who are busiest every single day, which are the ones who can buy 500, 600 gifts? Yeah, so it's uh, it's mainly, and my wife's better at this than I, I am, but she's good at curating a, a product that that they're going to want that, uh, that is highly desirable. And just um, as an example, we got to where we're putting on um, – their custom logos on top of tins um, and these corporate clients say they, they love that idea of their logo being on top of a, a tin with uh, full of candy being sent out. So that's, that's one way we we've uh, acquired a lot of business um, is just introducing the, the custom logos on tins. Another thing that we do that I think we do pretty well is we make it very easy on these corporate clients. Like they, they basically just send us a list of all their, all their customers and we, we handle it from there. We take care of shipping. We take care of uh, writing letters for the clients or typing the letters. They just send us a list. We make it as easy as possible for them. That's a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is certain ways that you can kind of advance yourself and make yourself a little more successful. And I think that's been one of the biggest ones is, is really innovating to your industry, right? So you mentioned your previous owner didn't use Facebook. 
previous owner didn't do a lot of things that honestly it just came down to the fact that they were probably comfortable where they were yeah. versus you guys coming in. Y'all are not comfortable, right? Y'all are, y'all are doing the business. You're, you're probably scared every day thinking you're going to lose it. So you're working yeah. crazy hard. Yeah. It causes you to go out and find something that not everyone else is doing to set yourself apart. And I love, I love that part about y'all's story. Well, yeah. And I, and I'll say another thing is we, I think it's good if you can buy a business or for, for your listeners that want to buy a business that if, um, if you can find a business that's kind of, they're, they're not doing everything as good as they could do, you can really, you might be able to buy that business at a discount. And then um, if you can improve it, then you've, you've done a lot of good for yourself. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about the negatives and the positives of your industry. What, what are some of the negatives of the e-commerce and retail space? Yeah, so our, our business is mainly, what's negative is that it's a very seasonal business. We go from January to October, we're very, very slow. We might send out 15, 20 gifts a day. From October to December, we're sending out 500, 600 gifts a day. It's like, a, so we have to bring on a lot of a lot of temporary seasonal employees. And those are, those are a lot harder to manage than somebody that's working for you year round. Um, Cause oftentimes they might be, they, they don't need the job as much as your, your full-time employees need it. Um, so that's something that's really hard for us just being a seasonal business. Yeah. I know one of the other things you mentioned is, you know, trying to keep people, the, the few that you do keep year round, and keeping them for, you know, like you, you mentioned, uh, prepping and improvements. And I think that's important because it shows your vision, right? Your vision is always to get better every year. It's to improve and to grow. Yeah, yeah. We're always trying to get uh, become more efficient. And uh, so Hannah and I, we learned that if we can keep some of these good employees year-round, um, it'll it'll help our business uh, just retain good good employees. So we, we have our employees make, like, you know, boxes throughout the year. They'll make, like, 20,000 boxes or bags and – it's just a, a, a good way for it is, us to, to keep our employees and keep them busy through our um, slow season. Absolutely. Um, talk to me about the what are the positives of your industry, the e-commerce, the retail space, the corporate gifting? What are, what do you love about the industry? Uh, so, okay, so Crockett's a, a small town. You, you know that yep. very well. Yep. Uh, but I, I love our business because the growth potential is almost unlimited uh, because we, we send out everywhere across the U.S. And, and even some other countries. So we're not limited to just customers in Houston County or even East Texas. We, we have customers all over the U.S. So that that's exciting just to go to work every day and, and know that you can grow your business if you put in some hard work. Absolutely. So, yeah. Before we move on to kind of what makes you successful, I wanted to ask one question real quick that I didn't get to ask with the screen skins. That process of kind of figuring out what it costs to acquire a customer, what does that process look like in your space? Uh, it's, it, it is hard to figure out what the cost is to acquire a customer. We, we look, can look at Google ads to see how much we're paying to, to obtain a customer. And, and then you, you also have things like we, we put advertisements up on Facebook. How, you know, are we getting a lot of traffic from Facebook? Or we can just say, well, um, sometimes we'll just have an employee go out and visit certain businesses, pay them a day's worth of wages, and uh, see how many corporate clients they can get. Well, then it, they might bring in, you know, a deal for $5,000, and that's just a whole whole lot better than spending a lot of money on Facebook and bringing in a couple hundred dollars yeah, absolutely. worth of uh, revenue. So. More targeted 
approach. Very targeted. Yeah. So kind of, I want to shift our focus now a little bit to talking about you talking about your background, kind of what makes you successful, what kind of, what you did to separate yourself from others. Um, so first thing was, did you play any sports growing up? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I liked all sports growing up. Um, I really liked basketball and football, but I was too small for that. So, <laughs> so, so I, I, I think my freshman year of high school, I had a coach tell me that if I wanted to play basketball, I'd have to run track and cross country. And I, I, cause I was a little bit quick. I was a little fast. I, I was kind of taken back when he said that, but I, I got into it and, um, we did really well. Um, we went to state my freshman and sophomore year, mainly because it was a good coach. He yeah. was, he's coaching at uh, University of Houston right now. So, Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah, good good coach. The reason I love starting there with everyone is because I think sports is a really good example for people's career success. Not that you have to play sports in any way, but you learn so many lessons from that. So you yeah. mentioned you had a great coach freshman and sophomore year. Obviously, he's having a lot of success down at the University of Houston. Tell me a couple of lessons that you learned from him that you still use in business every day today. Uh, mainly, it was just hard work um, and just pers- being persistent. I mean, we we didn't get any time off. He would have us working out in the summers when I, th- I thought we were supposed to have the summers off, but we, we worked out in the summers. Um, so it, it was just year-round, just hard, hard work. Yeah, I can see that too. The preparation, the off season, right? Being yeah. in a business where you have a limited amount of on time as far as when you're when you're really attacking your customers yeah. and when they're really buying from you. So the preparation, the off season, how important that is. I can see that lesson paying off. Yeah, that's a that's that's a good way to put it. I never thought of. Um, yeah, we we work hard year round. We don't take breaks in our business. You know, we're we're prepping for that that busy season. So, Absolutely, because yeah. the same thing in track. I mean, what do you have three, four track meets a year? Yeah, but you're practicing all year to get ready for those. Exactly, very similar. I exactly. can see the the correlation. Um, so, being a competitive person, kind of what? Tell me some things about that motivate you to be successful. Um, I think I was motivated very young in life just by how I was um, raised by my family, and and maybe you can say this too. You come from a, a hardworking family, but yeah, I, they they taught me the work ethic that I had. So I've always worked hard. Um, now that I have a, a family, like a family of my own, that's, that's really my motivation. And, and I think I'm just really blessed. I think God's given me and my family a lot. So it's important for me to, to use those blessings to do some good in this life and, and try to glorify him. Like, I don't want to just, just waste those blessings that he's given me. So you got a bigger purpose that, that keeps you working hard. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So, so talking about what motivates you to be successful, right? You mentioned being instilled by your parents. You also mentioned that your dad and your grandfather were both entrepreneurs. Yeah. What are some lessons that they taught you that kind of had led to your your success? So my dad was always just, he was always a real honest person in business. I think that I've, I always try to be as honest as possible. I think people can recognize that and, and tell that you're just a, a, a good work and honest person. Uh, he also... One, one thing that I, I learned from my dad in business that I really admired about him was he would always pay attention to, to the people that work for him. So I, even if it's like a janitor person, like you, you, you go out of your way to make them feel appreciated. And when you do that to your employees, they, they want to show up to work a little bit more because uh, they feel pretty valued. Absolutely. Um, so I, I learned those lessons from him. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, too, because you talk about your space, right? The retail, the e-commerce. You think that the probably the most important things there is maybe the marketing, maybe it's the product, but really at the end of the day, it's the people. Cause it is the people. You mentioned, you know, 20,000 sacks getting ready to go out, right? 
I mean, that's a lot of customers not going to be happy because they don't get their product because your people aren't happy working with you. If they're not there helping you prepping all along. On yeah. The way. yeah. I mean, we, yeah, it's uh we, we try to make our employees feel very valued and we do value them without them. It, uh, we wouldn't be where we're at. So at what point did you see the pecan, the e-commerce, the retail business turning into a career? Uh, I, I would say after our, after about, we bought the business in October of 2017 by January 2018, Hannah and I knew that like yeah. this is a this is a pretty good business to be involved in. Mainly because it uh the volume that came through was just was unreal. Like we weren't expecting the the amount of volume that we we started getting. And it's just a good it's a good product. And luckily, it's just been catching on more and more every year. You know, thinking about our audience, right, being college students who are looking to hopefully find their careers earlier than, than both of us did, right, from from just day one in college, they can figure out what they want to do by listening to this, hearing about things like e-commerce, wealth management, banking. Do you wish that you fell into this business day one right out of college? Do you think that, where do you think you would be if you would have had that level of time with the business? You know, I, I, I learned so much stuff in my, the other businesses that I was involved in that I don't know if I would have learned that those uh, skills in the pecan business. Um, so I, I, I'm just very, I'm grateful that I got to do these, these other businesses, even though, you know, it's not what I wanted to s- stick to. I didn't want to stick to banking or oil and gas, but I learned so much. Uh, it's it can go uh, either way. Yeah. <laughs> so w- what are some things that you do to separate yourself from those around you? Right. You mentioned pecans is <laughs> not a, it's not a big space, right? There's probably not a lot of people in that business, but there are a lot in the e-commerce. There are a lot in the yeah. corporate gifting what do you do individually and as a business to separate from those around you? Uh, I would say individually, it's always been uh, I have a lot of initiative. So when I when I worked in the oil and gas and the banking business, I think I was able to separate myself from my uh, fellow coworkers um, just by taking on kind of doing that extra little thing that uh, that wasn't required or asked of me. I've always just been motivated and had a lot of initiative. That, uh, that I've carried on into to this business. Now, as far as uh, as far as Rattlesnake Ranch Pecans business, um, what separates us? There's not a lot of other pecan businesses really hitting Facebook marketing, um, Google AdWords marketing, um, going and going and talking to to corporate clients. There's just not a lot of other. Our competition isn't doing what really what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. You found a niche in the market, and you're you're absolutely attacking it. Yeah. Um, in business in general, right? You've you've been in banking, oil and gas, you know, in this. Tell me what makes someone start off quicker than others. If we're talking to these college students, we're trying to give them hopefully a jump start on their careers. What are some things that they can stick to? Some lessons that they can learn? Yeah, I, I would say one of the biggest things, um, and you always hear this phrase like it's not what you know, it's who you know. A, a lot of my, I, I kind of got successful in banking, and I kind of got this bought Rattlesnake Ranch pecans based on who I knew. And not not what I knew. So it's always important just to get out there and like meet people and try to try to build relationships with people. And and sometimes those those people can come back and help you later on down the road. Absolutely. So one question I want to ask is is LinkedIn. How does LinkedIn help y'all's business? Right. You mentioned networking. Very important. Who you know. LinkedIn is now kind of that that intermediate tool between you know what we used to do at chamber meetings and we still do for the most part. But being able to do that digitally with people all over the world, how does that help you, a business like yours that is, you know, all over the U.S.? So LinkedIn is not is I haven't taken full advantage of LinkedIn. Uh, now I see you on That's LinkedIn. The other, I need to ask you that question. Like, how, what do you think about LinkedIn? 
I personally, I love it. I think that it's a great area for people of all um, industry experiences and types uh, from the the starters in college, right? The students who know absolutely nothing about what they want to do all the way to uh, those of us who are in a business that we know is a career and the people who are 40 years older than us who've been in the business for yeah. 40 years. Um, so to me, I think that uh, LinkedIn is a great networking tool. It has a different purpose than social media like Instagram or Google ads. So I think it, I think you have to look at it in a different way. But I personally love it from the standpoint of being able to do what you're talking about, almost cherry picking, right? Targeting certain people uh, who you think you can help. Now, it's hard to not come across as a salesman. Um, but if you really believe in the product that, you, that you're selling, I think that you're going to be able to get across a message, uh, much like you mentioned with the tins, right? Putting their logo on it. There's a little bit of a personal touch and an honest, honesty and genuineness about it that people can understand, hey, this person's different than everyone else on this platform. So I'm going to talk to them. Yeah. 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 LinkedIn is definitely something that, um, I, I, and I've thought about it a lot, like, um, since we're, we are, we do go after corporate clients so much, like that's a, a great platform to do that. Um, rather than like Facebook or something. Well, I was going to ask you what you're going to do the next 10 years, but it sounds like you're going to use LinkedIn and grow another 300% this yeah, year. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, it's a, it's a, yeah, we could definitely do a lot better with LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, I, the, the next 10 years I, I mentioned to you, like, I, I hope we can kind of, uh, move to a, a larger city, maybe college station, um, mainly because we can get like the labor market is, is really good here. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So last question I want to ask, and then we'll, we'll kind of close it down today. What can you do as a business owner now and into the future? What are, what are some important things that you're focusing on into the future to make sure your business stays relevant and top of mind for your customers? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, we're always trying to uh, understand what our customers want. And so as long as we do that, I think we'll, we'll keep doing well. Like, like, so our, that means that our product has to change every, every year. Like we try to, we have to try to improve it, try to figure out what our customers are wanting. Like if we're not complete, always changing our product, somebody's going to come up with a product better than ours. Um, so we're always, always trying to uh, reinvent our product or tweak it. Um, so it, it just, uh, it's a good, it, it makes for a good gift. Absolutely. I'll tell you this. Everyone is in sales. No matter what you do, if you're a doctor, you're selling something. If you're, yeah. you know, uh, a wealth manager or insurance or, or e-commerce, you're selling something. And the other thing is everyone's a customer. Everyone buys something somewhere and they have a reason for that. Whether the reason is it's close to my house or I love it a lot, right? There's there's a reason they buy things. And so everyone it, it can, can learn something from what you just said right there. We have to be improving. We have to be adapting because what the customer wants, we have to provide. That's right. You can find a solution for any type of problem. You're going to be you're going to be doing very well in any any industry that you're in. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I try to think of it less about being a salesperson and more about just uh, trying to help help people out. Like if you figure out what people want, it's it's sales comes easy. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, Clint, I really appreciate you joining the uh, podcast today. It was a pleasure having you and uh, good luck to you and everything in business. All right. Thank you, Jackson. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Be sure to rate our podcast and leave a review. Also, make sure to check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at One and Done Podcast.